Today is June 12th, 2021. This is episode 126 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right, welcome to another episode of Back to Normal. Today, I'm going to be taking a sharp turn away from all of the vaccine talk and all of the COVID talk that we've been having over the last, it feels like two months. It's been about two months that I've just been talking about, about like COVID, 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 COVID. And it's not that I don't love talking about it because I really do. It's just that there hasn't been much that's changed over the last week and we're still waiting for more vaccine updates. And so I want to talk about something completely different. And this is something that's been really exciting to me for the last 10 years or so of my life and uh, came around again. And that's WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference. This is Apple's yearly developer conference. And um, yeah, I've been following Apple as a company and all their 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 products for over 10 years now that I've been that I've been watching these conferences and um, watching their events. I'm a big fan of the company. I love the, the hardware and software that they that they put out. And the developer conference is really one of the key times of the year that we get to see what's coming next. And if you've been following this, um, this show for long enough, you know that I love what's coming next. And so my favorite part, honestly, of the developer conference, other than seeing what is coming in terms of hardware and software, is actually getting to try out some of the features before they come to the general public, be able to give feedback on what works, what doesn't work. I don't do that very often, but sometimes I do. Um, but generally just to try out because the the beta software, that the beta versions of mostly iOS that I put on my, my phone and my tablet um, are very stable in comparison to what they used to be. It used to be when I was in school and like a cell phone was needed. You needed to have a cell phone, but if it wasn't working for an afternoon or something, um, it'd be fine. Like you, you didn't 100% need it. Um, and especially as a college student, like if I, I, having a job now, the only reason I really can still do this um, is because I usually have more than one device that I can that I can use. And and like usually I'll be doing this either at home or at work. In either case, I'll have some other device that I can use. I can also really easily reset my phone. I don't really keep anything important on it. Um, yeah, there's this huge talk in the developer community, um, basically talking about don't put betas on your your main devices. And I take that point. But honestly, they've been really solid. And um, for me, my information has been completely hosed and I've had to, you know, reset my phone or bring it in or whatever, um, just as many times on running production hardware as I have on beta hardware. It's not it's usually not that bad. And when it has been that bad, it's like you can either choose to like I've got backups every day, so I'm not super worried about losing data and everything that I'm saving. I'm saving to the cloud anyways. I'm not saving it to my phone. There's, There's almost nothing on here other than like customizations and stuff, but I'm not doing those every day. Um, I don't feel bad at all about doing it. And so like the most I would lose is a couple of hours to reset my my phone or whatever to to stock hardware until the next beta came out. But honestly, I haven't had to do that in a long time. Like it's, I think iOS 5 or 6 was really bad and um, I ended up being just completely wiped my phone immediately. Like it just didn't work properly. Um, but since then, honestly, it's been incredibly solid. And the only thing that I would really say that I've noticed happening more than like yeah basically that's buggier than usual or less bad less good than you'd expect other than the like software bugginess of new software is that battery life is usually impacted but especially during covid times like i have an iphone 12 mini my battery life is fine if i have low battery i just plug it in i'm at home 99 percent of the time um it hasn't been a big deal to me at all and it's especially not a big deal now so um 
yeah, I don't feel bad about putting the betas on my phone. I'm very excited. I have, I have the iOS 15 beta. I had it like the afternoon of the keynote, um, which was on Tuesday. I had it on both my phone and my iPad. And I've been running them all week. They've been great. I've had a couple of things like there's a there's one persistent bug in multitasking in the iPad, which I'll get to, which like I can cause a crash every single time I try to do it. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really great. I just don't do that thing that causes a crash. So I want to talk about the fe- a few key features that I thought were really interesting. Um, and we can kind of yeah, I kind of talk about um, my favorite things about them, what I think is going to be really impactful, all that all that really good stuff. Um, and so the first thing that jumped out to me. Um, potentially even this is just the first thing chronologically, um, that they talked about that I was interested in is this concept of share play. So, um, the iPhone, the iPad and Mac have had this function, this system called airplay for a really, really long time. And it basically lets you project, um, video and or audio from one device, from your phone or from your iPad or your computer to an Apple TV. And you can either mirror that display or you can, for a Mac, you can make it a second display. Um, and it's really, really useful to be able to show something on a TV from um, one of these devices. And the concept of SharePlay is basically extending that to um, if you've ever used in, in COVID, it's happened a lot more often. But all these companies like Netflix and YouTube and, um, and Disney Plus have these watch party type functionality, um, new features, which let you basically sync the watching of some kind of media between different people in different places. And it keeps everything in sync. So you can kind of watch at the same time together. It's like you're together. Um, yeah, we did this for my birthday last year in July. Uh, we all watched Hamilton because I love Hamilton. Um, and it was released on Disney Plus on July 4th. I think it was on July 4th. Maybe it was July 3rd. Um, but it was like July 4th would make sense because it's like Hamilton, the US and all that. And July 4th is my birthday. And so, um, yeah, we, we did that. And it was super fun. We had a Hamilton watch party um, with some of my friends. And so this this concept basically takes that and builds it into this system on all of like on every Apple product through um, basically through FaceTime. It's basically a, fu- a feature of FaceTime. And uh, I just think it's really awesome. I think it's the coolest thing ever. You can share your screen. You can um, you can watch TV together. You can watch a movie together, whatever it is. Um, I think it's really cool. You can also share music. So you can just have a listening party to an album. Um, I think that'd be a really cool way to have like a music club. Um, yeah, it, it's really awesome. And I'm a huge fan of, of I'm going to want to try it out. You can't really try it out now unless you have a bunch of people that are using the beta. Um, and I don't know anybody else who uses the beta personally. And so um, I don't have the ability to try it out right now, but I'm very excited for that feature to come in the fall. Um, yeah, just because I see a bunch of possibilities of, of how you can use it. Um, another huge thing for me is talking about changes um that were that have been talked about and have been necessary for a long time on the iPad and um so last year when they introduced widgets on the iPhone um and iPad i was blown away by the the functionality and yet kind of neatness and completeness of the set of widgets that were available um and really the only downside was that on the iPad where you kind of wanted widgets even more than on the iPhone, like there's so much more screen real estate that it makes a lot of sense to have widgets on the iPad. Um, you could only have them in this kind of widget dashboard type of thing on like anchored to one side of the first page of the iPad. Um, and to me, that was just like that, that totally undid the greatness of them and made them less useful than they could be. Um, and so the first thing they did, they announced about the iPad and iPad OS for this year was that widgets, you can just put them anywhere now. 
and they have a bigger size of widget now because the iPad is huge and kind of a different screen size. So they basically can take up like two or four or eight icons or 12. No, I think eight um, on the iPad screen. And like, honestly, that, yeah, like I said, I have the iOS 15 on my iPad right now. I'm looking at a couple widgets on my home screen right now. Um, it's just a great way to surface information. And um, I really did wish that we had gotten interactable, more interactable widgets this year. Um, but obviously that's not in the cards yet. I do hope that it's coming at some point, but basically, yeah, I have my calendar and my, um, and the weather on my home screen right now that I'm looking at. And, uh, I just think they're really like widgets have been useful to me the last year. I found them really informative. I found them really like nice. The, the photo widgets that I have, um, yeah, they're just really nice. And so I love that feature and I really love, I'm going to love customizing my iPad more and adding widgets to the home screen. Um, yeah, it's been super useful on my phone and, and I'm seeing the use already in the first week with the iPad. Um, alongside that, um, the other big thing that changed on the iPad is multitasking. And um, really, the iPad needed a refresh of multitasking. I was pretty good. I am pretty good at using the old version of iPad multitasking. So having two apps side by side, being able to have this one app and slide over, um, it was really useful. But there was a bunch of hoops you had to jump through. In order, you had to basically be a power user to be able to use this feature, because if you wanted to add a second, um, if you wanted to add a second app beside the one you were currently using, it was really complicated to try and figure out how do I get, like, how do I keep this one app open, but have the second app also open? Unless the only easy way to do it was if the the other app was in your dock, and so basically now. Um, Rather than having this honest, I would just encourage you to go and watch the, the multitasking video on the Apple website. Um, but basically what you can do now is when you're in a window, when you're in like a single app full screen on the iPad, you can go up to the top. There's a little three dots um, that appear when you're interacting with the screen. It's basically a little multitasking menu. And you can either swipe on it or tap on it to bring up or to bring up the ability to open a second app in multi in side by side in split view. Um, and similarly, if you tap on the, but the button, you can make something full screen if it's in split view or if it's full screen or in split view, you can move it into slide over. It's just this really nice, clean, simple interface to switch modes, um, to switch multitasking modes for iPad apps. And if you are in a full screen app and you hit split view, it'll move the app you're using out of the way and give you the full range. So you can like move around on the iPad, you can switch home screens, you can go, go anywhere. Um, also the app library is in the iPad. You can go into the app library and pick another app and it will then bring that app over to one side and bring the app that you had, had, had open when you initiated this to the other half, and then you'll have them both open. It's just so much easier and more intuitive than the old multitasking system. Like I said, I was able to figure it out. I, I was able to work well with it. Um, but there were a bunch of caveats to be able to use it effectively and, and they're just gone now. And now it's, it just works the way that it potentially should have from the beginning. Sure. But um, software is hard and, and this is an incredibly complicated problem, but I feel like they've solved it in a really intuitive and simple way. And so that, that's one of the things I love most about Apple is that when they do have these kinds of features, that's how they solve them. They solve them really well. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about, um, I was actually just reminded about this. I was watching uh, a, <laughs> a live podcast video. It's, it's tough to do live shows during COVID. Um, a lot of um, podcasters I listen to do live shows that are recorded on video um, during WWDC. And 
so the the talk show is one that John Gruber does usually live, but this is the second year in a row that he's had to effectively just interview people over video call. And they were talking and reminded me actually about a really cool function that I haven't had a chance to use yet, but I suspect will be really useful to a lot of people instantly once they figure out that they can do it, which is this aspect of live text. So um, this is a function, this is a feature that Google has had for a while that um, I don't, I, it's hard to say for me exactly how well it works on Android. I'm not a big Android user. I don't, I don't use Android um, a lot. I haven't had Android phones since this feature launched. Um, but basically what the live text functionality that iOS has now, um, it lets you, it lets you not only take a picture of text and then copy out that text, which I believe is, is a function of, of Android for sure. Cause I've seen it. Um, but it also goes back in any text that you have in your photo library at any point will be parsed and, and kind of read into a database that's kept on your phone locally, um, of the text that's in those photos. And so you can also go back and copy text out of any old picture in your library as well. That text feeds into search. So if you search your photos for text, you will, it will also pull that out of screenshots or out of pictures of signs or receipts or whatever you need. Uh, it's a really, really cool imp implementation of this feature. And another really cool thing is now any field that you're looking to type text into, or you're looking to like, along with cut, copy, paste, in like text selection dialogues, there's a use camera button that appears now. And so basically, if you see something written down, you can enter it into the, the text field, any text field on your phone, just by hitting this use camera button. And so you no longer need to transcribe something that you see written down, you can literally just take a picture of it, or like scan the text with your phone to be able to get this information out and put it into a digital um, space. And so I think that's really, really cool. Um, I'm very excited to get to a chance to use that. Like I said, I'm at home a lot of the time now, so I don't, I'm not doing a lot of that kind of transcribing right now, but I see it being super useful, especially, um, yeah, if you're looking for, if you're like, if you're out with people and need to quickly get information, but you don't want to deal with like retyping it all out, just being able to take a picture and copy text out of there. That's re a really cool feature. And the last big thing I want to talk about here. Um, this is something that I don't know, I, I can't say for sure exactly how much I'm going to use this, but based on what I see in iOS right now, I'm going to use it just a ton. And that is focus modes. Um, so basically focus modes, the iPhone has had a few different kinds of focus modes um, over the years that have come in. Basically what, what this new functionality has done is integrate them all into one, one like setting type. Um, so normally, like, and, and so this is turned off by default. Um, normally, you're not in a focus mode. But for example, one focus mode that you have now in iOS 15 is do not, do not disturb. So if you've ever turned on do not do not do not disturb, um, you now have the same focus mode available. Um, so you can basically swap on swap into do not disturb and none of your notifications will come through. Um, your phone basically becomes a thing that you can go and check, but it's not going to be pushing information to you because you don't want to be disturbed. Um, another one is driving mode. Um, and so that's kind of similar to do not disturb while driving um, in that you can create select. So only select things come through while you're driving. And this can be automatically activated when you plug into a car or when you're moving and when the phone detects that you're driving um, the same way that it would in iOS 14. So that's just a different mode now of these focus modes. There's another one um, that already existed, but it's now built into this whole focus system, which is bedtime. So now when you're going or sleep, I guess when you go to sleep, 
um, and your phone and you have it set that set in your phone, that's now a separate mode. And so you can, again, set up through all these modes, you can set up apps, specific apps and or people that can let notifications through and everything else will be stopped um, until you leave that mode or until you enter a different mode. Or you can set it up so that you can still see them, but they're not um, they're not notifying you. Um, like if you go into your um, notification center, you'll see them if you scroll, but um, they're all kind of collapsed down and, and intended not to distract you while you're while you're sleeping, while you're driving, while you're not wanting to be disturbed. But the coolest part is, um, so they've built all those into the system now into this focus system, but they've also got pre-built ones called personal and work, um, which basically I want to focus on my personal life. So that could be family. That could be, um, I don't know, some kind of sport or activity. And you just don't want to be distracted from your phone during it. Um, but the, And so those are really cool. So you can, again, set up specific notifications or people um, or apps that, that will get through this, that can break through the focus. So I have, for example, on my um, personal, actually on all my modes, I have my wife. If my wife texts me or calls me, it's going to come through. But um, basically, everybody else I'm in one of those modes doesn't come through. And so I have some notifications turned on, for example. Um, like I think Skype and Messenger and and Wire, um, those kinds of notifications app where I'm only going to be getting stuff from individual people. Um, I have turned on in the personal mode. In work mode, for example, I only have um like Outlook and Teams, my two work apps in there sending notifications. Um, but the really cool thing is that you can actually add extra focus modes. So you can add a custom one with anything you want. Um, so if you have some really specific thing that you do on a regular basis that you only want to be distracted by certain kinds of notifications, you can set up this custom focus mode that will be different from work or personal. Like you'd have, a, if you, if you were like a serial dater, you could have dating mode and it would be like, I'm on a date. Like, don't disturb me unless a Tinder notification pops up or whatever. Like you could, you can really customize this to your heart's content and you can go really deep or you can stay really shallow. It's really, really cool. Um, and kind of the coolest feature about this, and this is something that you could never do before, but I always really wanted to, um, is since iOS, iOS 14 introduced the app library, um, you basically don't need to have, you can have only the apps that you specifically want on your home screen and you can actually hide pages of apps. And so I thought this was really cool. And I actually had this, um, this system set up where I would basically, I'd have work pages and personal pages. And I basically, when I went in, when I would go, when I would like go to work, I would hide the pages that relate to my personal life and open up my work pages and be able to basically just, just not have to look at all my work apps unless I was at work and same with the, with the work widgets. Um, but with these focus modes, with this whole focus system, you can now set up, set up the, the phone to automatically show or hide certain pages during these certain focus modes. And so I now have one my one work page which normally would be like hiding or showing or whatever if i go into my work focus mode i only have that one page that shows which has teams outlook a calendar widget um the the apps that i would use while i'm at work and then my personal one has like i've actually gotten rid of the teams and outlook apps they, they were just on my on my main personal screen before now i don't need them because i only i only really want to check them when i'm at when I'm actually working, when I'm sitting down at my desk or like I need to be on call or whatever it is, I don't need to always be looking at um, Elegant Teams. And it, it actually does let you focus a lot more. I'm really, really excited about how um, people are going to be able to use this. And I'm really excited about myself using this focus modes, um, the, these focus modes and, and kind of creating custom ones if I find I need to. 
Um, it's a, especially the pages thing is really cool because it means that with the app library and you know, like you already know that you don't need all the apps all the time. Um, yeah, you can basically customize every aspect. Uh, like you can only see the apps you want to see, the pages you want to see at the specific times you want. And it's really, really easy to switch modes. It's really, really cool. Um, I honestly like it's, I don't, I don't really suggest trying out iOS 15 betas. But if you do, if you're not too concerned about trying out betas, if you tried them before, this is one to really go for because it's it's really great. Um, I'm really, really happy with with getting to try it. And it's been rock solid for me so far. Like I said, there have been a couple of things that, that caused the phone to crash, like the springboard restarts. But like that happened to me all the time before. Anyways, like it it's if it's anything, it's like two to two to four times more common, I would say. Like I've had two springboard crashes in the last week where I can't use my phone for like 15 seconds. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah, I love using the betas and I'm definitely not going to stop just because of something like that. So all that being said, um, I think that's all I have for today. Um, there, there are a few cool new features that I didn't get a chance to mention or that didn't quite make my list. One of the big ones is iCloud Plus um, with this private relay function, which is basically other than uh, other than like a VPN services that you can get right now, um, one of the main features or one of the things that they tout as being features are that you can change your region um, to be able to, for example, in Canada, unlock U.S. Netflix to be able to watch the shows that are on there. Um, so the private relay function that iOS 15 brings in to iCloud doesn't do this localization stuff, but it does do all the other VPN, the other reasons that people use a VPN, for example, to protect your your data, your browsing privacy. Um, so basically use a relay server to um, to hide your specific device's IP from the service provider, your internet service provider, um, and or all the advertisers or trackers or whoever that are that are dealing with the service that you're using or the browser at the website that you're browsing. Um, the concept of private relay being deployed across all of the Apple devices that that are out there uh, is must have Facebook between this and the ad tracking transparency thing must have Facebook absolutely pooping their pants right now. Um, I love it because it's, it means that your privacy is super, it's kept super well, unless you want to divulge information to these companies. I don't know. Apple is having a field day with all this privacy stuff. It's really great. Um, I really love to see it. And, um, yeah, I'm very excited. I ended up talking about private relay anyways. That's, it's a really cool feature. Um, anyways, that's all I'm going to say for now. And I will see you next week when hopefully we have some more vaccine news and can talk about updates on second doses. Anyways, thanks very much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.